This is a Lip Media Podcast. Content discussed on this podcast may be triggering for some individuals. So if you feel like today you can't quite handle it, that's totally fine. You can press pause and come back another day. Remember, we're always going to be here. And if you need immediate help, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Welcome to If You Don't Mind. It's another episode, another week, and it's still me. It's still Madeline Sherrington, your host. I'm very happy to be here as per usual and very excited to bring you a new story. So I actually had the pleasure of interviewing the lovely Fei Fei, and Fei Fei actually um, was recommended to me uh, by the wonderful organization Batia. I basically reached out and I said, hey, do you have anyone um, that you work with who would be a good fit um, to be on the show? And the lovely Andy recommended Fei Fei, and we had a chat, and the rest is history. So thank you, Batia, for um, being so lovely and... Uh, hooking us up with a great guest. So during my conversation with Fei Fei, we talk about um, how she grew up in China and what her experiences were initially with with understanding mental illness and basically the difficulty with speaking about it. Um, she also tells me this really wonderful, beautiful story about going to live with her mother in in China recently, who um, who who lives with a pretty severe mental illness and, and actually lived in a psychiatric ward with her mum for um, a period of time. Uh, it's a really, really beautiful story and uh, it kind of also sheds a light on how, you know, mental illness is, is seen in other countries and not just Australia, which is really cool. And she also got to tell me about her experiences with working with Batir and all the things she's doing there. So She's, she was just a, a pleasure, a delight uh, to interview, and I hope you really like it. Um, so as usual, I just want to do a quick trigger warning, and that is um, we do talk about depression, um, being in a, a psychiatric facility as well, as I mentioned previously. So if those things are something you're not really uh, okay to listen to today, that's perfectly fine. You can come back when you're ready. Um, we also had a few little issues with... Uh, recording this time they're not obvious there's just a few little echoes throughout the recording which aren't too annoying but if you hear them I know they're there and I've already obsessed over them so don't even worry (laughs) Um, so sit back relax here's a new episode for you with a lovely Fei Fei hope you enjoy it you know what I think that's probably the most time I've spent trying to like figure <laughs> technology, oh my God. technology out but sometimes it just doesn't work you know it just doesn't work yeah that's fine yeah um mm. for those listening uh Fei Fei and I tried to have a call yesterday uh but it did not go well <laughs> but we figured <laughs> it out <laughs> two hours like two, a marathon <laughs> two hours it was a marathon you're totally right but we're here we're doing it despite distance and technology issues we're giving it a go. So, Feifei, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving this a second shot with me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Oh, <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> my pleasure. So, 
Um, for those who are listening, Feifei, you actually um, came across, well, I actually came across you through um, an organization called Batia, and we're going to talk more about them later and your involvement. Um, mm. But I would just like to give a shout out to, is it Andy? Yes. Yes, Andy from Batia for uh, introducing us. That was very lovely of, lovely of you, Andy, so thank you. And I'm really excited to chat to you, Feifei, because I think you've got a really interesting story to tell and can't wait to chat. It's going to be so cool. Mm, life itself is like a movie. <laughs> I know, yours is. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do think I should really make a movie about it. <laughs> I think you should definitely write a book at least. Oh, you know, my friend is actually... Um, telling me, oh, you know, I'll take a photo shoot for you. So it will be your cover oh. on your book. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'll help you write it. <laughs> Feifei, could you give our listeners just a little bit of an outline as to who you are, where you're from, and, and what you do with yourself day to day? Yeah, sure. So my name is Feifei, and I'm from China. Well, in this particular sensitive time, talking about I'm from China. Um, but actually, I'm very proud every time I, you know, you especially during this COVID-19, I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think racism is, uh, is quite overwhelming out there. But yeah. I, I'm really proud that I'm from China. I, I came to Melbourne when I was 16 years old. And wow. I was, by, yeah, by myself. Um, that's my really dad intense. That's that's a big change by yourself. Yeah, and my dad was the only one supporting me um, because my family th- thought I was a girl and I was so young, mm. and they were so worried. But yeah, I still went here, <laughs> and I didn't have any family or any parents, friends, or relatives here. Um, but luckily, I got a very good international student coordinator, so they helped me a lot. Yeah. And you've been working. So what do you do for work? Yeah, so, well, that's uh, quite interesting um, because my original plan <laughs> was going to um, to join the consulting industry, which, which was uh, probably a bit typical for Asian. <laughs> but then I changed my journey completely like so completely because I joined a uh, workshop, a creative workshop. It's about storytelling mm-hmm. and exploring our own journey in different creative ways. And I ended up as a performer <gasps> on the stage talking about, no, performing my real life stories <laughs> to communities, to, you know, uh, we performed at the Immigration Museum at uh, RMIT, at the library at the dock, to so many audiences from the community and also international students. At the same time, I was one, uh, I was the project officer hired by City of Melbourne as well. In the beginning, um, the, the coordinator is also my friend, mm-hmm. and he was like, pretty easy, three hours per week. So just some admin stuff but didn't end up like just three hours per week. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody actually knew what it's really like until we had our first performance at the Melbourne Writers Festival. And then like uh, in this whole group, we became a family and the message coming out from the performance is so powerful. And I didn't plan anything, but 
like because uh, I was the project officer and I worked with the creative, um, the artistic director, Catherine, mm -hmm. mm, who recently got OAM as well. She's amazing. And she, 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 she was quite funny because she, she was like, I never asked you whether you want to continue or what. But after we finished the project, we continued the journey until now together. Wow. Like a, yeah, so we're like a bundle. And then we continue to um, produce theater performances about international students' journeys here in Melbourne. And it's, it's quite a diverse group, um, people coming from even Tuvalu, Mauritius, um, yeah, Brazil, Colombia, everywhere. And yeah, and everybody, they, they choose what they want to tell the public and covering quite, quite a range of stories, you know, <laughs> language barriers, mental health. Yeah, That's that cool. actually, yeah, that actually came out to be, I, I don't like to use the word popular, but it is really the, the most popular one. Mm. People, people feel so powerful. Like I can still remember um, like last year we performed at Signal and you know people cried the first time wow throughout the whole life by experiencing that and when we performed in the conference those ceos of universities you know they cried too and they couldn't stop clapping um because yeah it was so powerful um well that's a that's a so that's my job actually i'm, I'm the project <laughs> i'm the project manager not a performer but sometimes <laughs> when the, our autistic director needs a supporting role, um, yeah, I'll be performing. You're and, there. Uh, yeah, I'm there. Because sometimes she was like, you know, I just need you for this. But it's quite challenging sometimes because I need to be, man. I need to manage at the same time. I need to perform as well. Mm. So she wouldn't allow allow anybody to look at the phone at all and you have to be 100% here present <laughs> yeah I love yeah. that that's so cool that you got to be yeah. involved with that something so creative yeah, and so right. interesting yeah so briefly and then we set up the uh, non-for-profit organization uh, story is connection story is connection and yeah so it's uh, it's new because we just set it up last year um, yeah, applying for grants and um, do projects. So that's what I do for a living. That's so cool. Um, I have so many questions I want to ask you, but I'm aware that we only have like 40 minutes. So I'm going to, I'm going to get, be, be as concise as I can. And I guess I'll I'm... try to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're both big talkers. Um, yeah. I guess I'm really interested to hear about, um, like obviously you've told me previously about growing up in China and mm. and um, how you kind of, I guess, discovered that potentially you were um, having some issues with your mental health. Could you, could you talk about how you kind of came across that, I guess how you started your journey when you were in China before you came to Australia? Mm. What your experiences well, were like then? Yeah. 
I guess if you talk about like uh, how I started, actually, I think I I was quite aware of that. Um, when was pretty little. Once a pretty little, possibly only three or five years old. Actually, I I was aware. Of course, back then I didn't know anything about the mental health. Mm. I just knew something was wrong with me. Well, which I don't think that's a, you know something wrong now. But back then, I think some things wrong with me because I I was always uh, in the sort of blue mood. So yeah. I yeah wasn't particular aware what's really happening to me. Uh, and I was a I was a lonely kid actually mm. because my my dad moved to uh, another city to work when I was pretty young and I lived with my mom and my mom had a mental illness and nobody talked about it. Um, obviously they, um, like uh, nobody in the family wanted to talk about it. However, because the neighbors, they, um, especially their kids. I mean, mm. when you were young, you don't know what you were talking about. So they would talk about something like, your mom is crazy and you are crazy mom's daughter, something like that. Yeah. So I was always aware something is happening there. And, and uh, of course, recently I knew that um, like a, for some mental illness, um, if you, you were the daughter, you, you actually potentially would have that one. Uh, of course, I haven't uh, got my diagnosis, um, but I, I guess possibly I was a little bit in, um, in that sort of situation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was a bit of antisocial, wasn't talkative at all. Like a, like I knew nobody would believe me at all whenever I say I was actually an introvert and I'm actually an introvert and actually I'm antisocial, feeling very antisocial and in the past. Hmm. Uh, yeah, because I, I didn't really know how to engage with people. That's, that's why I was always lonely. And well, back then I thought that was depression as well. Yeah, and I thought you know nobody, nobody loved me at all, and I had the now we call it existential crisis. Um, now when people talk about existential crisis, it sounds like a some something fancy to say, but back then I think it is quite serious. You know, you you really doubt your values, like why you exist. Uh, in this road and and my yeah back then my my dad didn't really give me much attention um and he raised me up like a like a soldier <laughs> like a boy really, really? Um, yeah not yeah not like a girl you know so I didn't really get that sort of loving feeling and and I guess part of the reason is also because uh, I'm a girl and in, in Asian countries if you are a girl not a boy mm. uh, yeah they will not take care of you that much well I wasn't quite sure but in the past I, I always thought you know why my 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 brother um, my cousin they got all the attention but it doesn't matter how well I do even I'm one of the top 
one of the top students. Mm. So nobody would actually care. That must have been yeah. so hard. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I think it's part of the, um, you know, growth journey as well. Because then I think, yeah, I met my best friend. And we're still best friends now. And I also talked to her about that as well. You know, mm-hmm. I was even very, very jealous and uh, about, yeah, of my cousin. I thought you got all the benefits, even you are the, you are sort of the naughty, you know, you are the naughty student. You always <laughs> got very bad grades. I always got perfect grades, but you are always the tension. You're always the boy. center. Yeah, you're always the attention in the center for everybody. Like it was like I was so invisible. But then, yeah, but then my friend told me, you know, everybody is different and you have your values and you need to appreciate your value, not depending on others. So true. So, so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I'd be, I mean, this is very naive of me to ask and ignorant in a way, but in in China, what is the, I guess back when you were younger, what was the kind of understanding or how is mental illness spoken about in your community? Crazy, insane. You know, you, had, you, you have a problem, you have some problem with you. Mm. And that's why people don't talk about it. Um, because if you have a mental illness, you, something got wrong, you know, got to be wrong with you and you're not normal. Hmm. Yeah, so you're it's not like normal. a shame thing. Yeah, like a, a sh- yeah, like a shame thing you, you don't think. And people will be like, no, 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 you, are, you, you, you seem normal. So don't say that you have some mental health issue. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you you are incapable of doing a lot of things if you have mental illness. Have you, have you spoken to your family about your mental health issues or have you kind of kept them to yourself because you're scared that they will say, oh, you know, it's, there's probably nothing there or that's, a, that's really bad to talk about it? Well, you know, it's actually quite interesting Um because I never talk about it, um, of course. And of course, there's a family issue. We all knew what was there. We just didn't want to talk about it. Yep. So everybody just pretended nothing is wrong. <laughs> um, but recently, because my mom, uh, her situation was really bad. Mm. So I wanted to encourage her to go to see your psychologist and to, you know, to get the right medication and everything. So I actually talk about, you know, I need to see a psychologist too and to take care of my mental health. Yes. And I said, yeah, and I said, you know, it's it's normal. Everybody um, have some some level of mental health issues and that's completely normal. Like I have some mental health issue as well and it's something so normal like everybody should take care of it doesn't matter how how serious that is you know how how good or bad but it's just so important to take care of that and my dad was against um the idea of seeing a psychologist Mm. so i started to talk about 
that you know what i'm going to see a psychologist too and if you think my mom shouldn't go to see a psychologist but then what do you think about me going to see a psychologist and then even said you know i think even you need to see a psychologist too <laughs> <laughs> yes i feel like a lot of people would benefit from seeing a psychologist <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it was like in the in the last um yeah, in the last twenty six years we didn't talk about it. But because last year my my mom um has been hospitalized in a psycho hospital and it suddenly, you know, it 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 was at a yeah, so that that was a very uh stressing journey but Mm. Yeah, but somehow it opened up the conversation about mental health, and I could also talk more about it. And of course, after I also learned about mental health, like it didn't really came to my mind before. I know mm. psychology. Mm. Um, I'm I've been always interested in psychology because of my mental health issue. Uh, I didn't know what's happening, so. I spent my whole life studying myself. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And so, like, I know you mentioned to me previously that you actually went and lived with your mum in mm. hospital. Mm. So, is that something? So, obviously, we can't do that here in Australia. Is that something that's commonly done in China? No, that's actually not common. The only reason I could live there in the psych hospital was. Um, because my mom's situation was, uh, was at stake, and if mm. you, yeah, it's it's so, um, like it's so risky that she has to have a, uh, have a family to live with her, in twenty four hours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because otherwise you wouldn't be allowed to go there. The whole floor. There's one floor, um, and the floor was uh, it, it's locked. Um, nobody could come in. Nobody can go out. And even like during the normal activity hours, and uh, the rooms will be locked as well. So it, it's actually pretty hard to get in. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's wow. That's I mean, yeah, that that would have been very confronting to to kind of experience regularly as someone who was kind of coming in um, to a facility where there is obviously very unwell people, including your mother, what was that like mm. every day for you? What, what, what did you kind of do during your day? Mm. Well, that was uh, actually a very, very inspiring journey, I have to say, mm. because before I lived there, uh, they were telling me, you know, and the doctors, and the nurses, they tie people um, on the bed. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so inhuman. Did they mm. do that to my mom as well? Um, um, but then I learned that um, because they are actually trying to prevent people uh, from committing suicide in the hospital, mm. that's why sometimes they had to do um, something more than just, um, yeah, you know, keeping them there mm. uh, yeah and so when I live there and of course there there are quite a lot of patients there um, there are some small um, by the way and all of them are 
are females um, because all the females they they yeah they live together sure. and yeah so according to gender they live at different floors and my mom was one of the most um, severe patient mm-hmm. um, yeah and and there are people who are pretty young as well like a high yeah like a high school student and wow. even primary student as well and there are older people who are like 80 years old as well um so it's it's a range of people coming from different places uh with different issues as well um but it, it was like actually i feel like in, in the whole hospital i mean like all the all the patients there we kind of formed a, a small community there actually <laughs> wow. yeah because my my mom is actually a very kind um, and easygoing um, yeah lady and and she um, and you know you you can only get fruit at a particular time you cannot always get food and you can you can you cannot go out as well. So you can only rely on your family um, to bring some other food mm. for you. So it became something everybody wants. And because of the medication as well, you just crave for delicious food. Mm. So of course my mom had a lot of food, <laughs> a range <laughs> of them. And all the patients wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't know how to say no. So she was just like, yeah, I'll give this to you and that. So she's always giving out food to people. <laughs> and that's that's why people like my mom a lot <laughs> as well. Because they want they want to eat with my mom. And yeah, and after I lived there, um I I got a speaker. Um yeah, and I got my phone as well. I, I think it's one of the one of the reasons why I'm so popular there. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I was so popular there because you couldn't call people. Right. Unless okay. there was a particular time you receive calls, but that's actually quite um. Sometimes it can be very can be very depressing when you don't receive any calls from your family or friends. Of course. Yeah, because you've been waiting for calls for for weeks, but you didn't get any. So everybody wanted to use my phone to <laughs> message. <laughs> so they were like, please, please, I just want to, you know, I just don't want to let my my husband know that I really miss him. Or they were like, oh, I just want to tell my daughter that I wanted her to come to visit me. She promised me, but she didn't come. I'm very desperate. And she's, you know, has been waiting for, for her daughter for a long time. Her daughter promised to come, but didn't. So wow. there are many many reasons that those patients wanted to use my phone to contact somebody outside but it's actually not allowed because um they 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 are afraid they are just going to call police or something and just say something insane and yeah that's actually quite reasonable um but 
I also have a speaker. Um, well, it's very interesting because I got it as my birthday present, and it it, it was a mini mini man. <laughs> it looked <laughs> like a purple mini man, and I started to play some meditation, <laughs> that sort of soothing music. Um, I think that that can be quite relaxing and calming for mm. people. Um, yeah, and sometimes people, yeah, wanted to listen to something particularly. For example, one one patient, and she she lost her very good friends, and she wanted to listen to the music, um, like a friend forever, something like that, and she kept looking, yeah, listening to it. And there was another girl who couldn't sleep at at all. Mm. And she became very angry. Um, and she came to me and said, I found your music is uh, really helping me calm. Can you play that? Um, so she, like it was at night, and she came to me and I played it. And and she calmed down and listened to it quietly. And then she felt, felt better. And then she went back to sleep. So I think music is really um, helping them a lot. Because it was very boring there. Like, there was a TV, but there's no drama. <laughs> like, nothing really mm. uh, modern for you to watch at all. Of course. And yeah. they were just eating, sleeping, eating, sleeping. And you couldn't go out at all. You you can just walk just near your door. So It's just not yeah. a lot to do. No, that would have been yeah, so not boring. At all. Yeah, so, and they were like, I feel like it's a prison. It, it is really like a prison. Wow. It's even worse than a prison. But, yeah, since I came, I got a lot of stories. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, every time, like, when I came, they are so happy. Uh, yeah, when I live there, they, they are so happy that I come. Um, and they listen to my stories. They talk about I was almost like a counselor too because they talk about their life journeys as well, their struggles and everything. Mm. I think they just need some good listeners. Yeah. Um, so we form a little... We, <laughs> so there was a, like a... there. There's a table and everybody is... Sort of, yeah, everybody just surrounded me and my mom as well Yeah, to listen, listen to me and chatting, talking... And they, yeah, sometimes it's quite interesting because sometimes they were like, oh, you know, you sit here last time. It should be my turn to sit next to her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because they love being with you so much. Yeah, and that's actually quite, um, quite helpful for my mom as well because because my mom found, you know, this little um, community, you know, just among patients. Mm. And that's a very, that's something really great for you to feel, feel yeah. connected. Yeah, feel connected. And, and nobody is judgmental at all. And I can see the biggest support is actually from the patients. Because I can totally see how they support each other as well. Yeah. Yeah, as a patient. And different people, they also got different skills as well. And they, 
yeah, like one one person she like she is a master of massage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's yeah, so she is doing massage for people, and she even know how to um how to use Chinese traditional medicine as wow. well. Yeah, so she been asking yeah, so she been telling people how to use uh, some particular ch- traditional Chinese medicine to take care of themselves. And there was a one time there was a full moon, and in the beginning they were like. Come, come, come with me. So secretly, I was like, "What is that?" And they were like, "Bring your mom too." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What's happening here?" And then they they were like, "The most beauty thing, beautiful thing in the whole world. I'm going to show you. Come to my room." I was like, "What is that?" And then I and I didn't go to get my mom, but they all. Went to my mom's room and brought my mom, <laughs> treat her like a VIP, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then we all went to this room, and then they were like, "Look, look at the moon outside of the window, because all the window you got the fence as well. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't um see much. Yeah, of course, it's a sick hospital, so so they cannot see much." So there was the beautiful full moon there, and they wanted to share this with me and my mom. And they think, yeah, let's just cherish this moment <laughs> together. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and you know everybody was smiling as well. I think that's really the be- the the most beautiful smile I've ever seen. Hmm. Mm. Wow. And I mean, so wait, how long were you living there for? Uh, about two weeks. Wow. Yeah. They yeah, they were like your mom had a speedy recovery. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. And is your mom um back at home now? Yeah, she's back at home now. Wow. And do yeah. you do you miss being with her now that you're living in Australia? We actually uh spent more time together than expected because of the lockdown uh my flight <laughs> yeah my flight was cancelled so i hard. had to stay yes okay. so i had to stay there for much longer so actually i i feel it's 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 good it's really good that i uh, accompanied my family for for much longer time mm. yeah so i guess my question was you obviously went to china um, and you weren't able to get back um, during all this COVID nineteen stuff. Um, the there was a lot of kind of racism targeted towards the the Chinese community in Australia and and China more generally. How did that make you feel um, as as someone who's from China and obviously you know was in the the midst of it? Was that very distressing for you at the time? Well, actually, that's not really distressing for me um but my friends apparently um like uh, experienced a lot of racism um and uh possibly because i just stayed at home i didn't meet too much <laughs> too many people <laughs> That's, yeah 
but but by reading the news, it's uh it's quite disappointing because yeah. yeah, but I always know media likes to exaggerate or they 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 wanted to have a very negative uh, stop there. So I try to prevent myself getting into it too much. Mm. Mm. And my and my friends they will share the uh, stories with me, and I, I found that's a sort of a better way to manage uh, the attitude towards it. I mean, manage my feeling towards it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it would have been still very disappointing to hear and read about. Yeah, of course it is um, very disappointing um, because I I can. I I saw some comments. Um, yeah, sometimes my friends will post something, and then I will see all the comments underneath. And sometimes I make jokes about it, and I say, you know, now is a good time for you to uh, see and recognize who are the dumbass, and you can get rid of them now. Mm-hmm. You have a different <laughs> word value. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's very true. It's a good way to see who's who's silly and not a nice person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I I've seen a lot. Um, because I see, I, I I saw my friends post stuff and say I deleted this person and I warn you, my friends, if you're friends with this person, <laughs> and this this is what we talk about. Yeah. Of course. So a lot. Yeah, a lot of things are going on. And apparently, you know, talking about where the virus is coming from, is that manufactured and for a particular reason? And yeah, all of that. I mean, is that because people stay at home too much and they don't have anything better to do? Yes, that is exactly (laughs) why. Exactly. I think... Unfortunately, within Australia, although we are nowhere near as bad as we used to be, there is still such an undercurrent of racism, especially towards uh, people from from countries like China and and anywhere else in Asia. And I think it's that's probably been the the worst part of this for Australia is that is that seeing that racism come out. And I'm I'm and I apologize on behalf of you know the rest of mm-hmm. Australia who who. You know, there are people out there who think that that's okay to, you know, say and do and act that way and it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. Mm. And that's the thing. Racism uh, impacts your mental health. Yeah. And, like, yeah. everybody wants to feel, like, included and accepted and when you don't feel that way, I'm sure that would be very, very hard to deal with. Yeah, it is very, very hard. And thank you for saying that because actually – uh, I just moved to a new house. Mm. I had a housemate. <laughs> she lived here before me, but she was so worried that, um, you know, every day she's so anxious, and she was like, "Should I wear a mask? Should I not?" And and my, you know, my classmates and their attitude, and it's just unbearable. Mm. And she didn't want to go to the classroom, but she had to go because a lot of things um, is practical. Mm. And when she went out and she's so worried and people are going to point at her and she didn't, yeah, she, 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 she actually, she wanted to wear a mask, but she, she was so afraid. And yeah, 
she didn't wear it, but at the same time, she was so anxious if she she was gonna get the virus. I can feel the tension and and anxiety every second、mm. being around her. <laughs> and eventually, she actually suspended her study and packed everything overnight, and and she just took a flight to Sydney. Wow! Yeah, and I was like, wow, seriously. Wow, that's yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. Okay, I don't want to run out of time, so I'm going to ask you about um, what, probably the thing that I'm most excited to talk to you about, and that is the organization Batia that you volunteer for. So,、mm-hmm. I guess two questions for you. First, could you tell our listeners what Batia is, um, and what you do there as a volunteer? Mm, yeah, but here they、um, empower young people to talk about mental health and empower other young people to talk about mental health and how to, you know, encourage people to really reach out and how to use positive storytelling to encourage people to reach out, talk about mental health, and to reduce the stigma、mm-hmm. around mental health and to really create positive vibes. Um, for people, you know, young people support young people. I love that. And is it、mm-hmm. only in universities, or do they also run workshops in high schools as well? Yeah, yeah, they run at high schools as well. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's really powerful to use, uh, you know, to use our lived experience to influence, because that's a that's very authentic. Oh, a hundred percent. I agree. I think、yeah. the reason I really like Batir as an organization is because, I mean, they do very similar things to what I do with this podcast, and that is to get、mm. people to talk about their experiences and、mm. to be really open. And I think storytelling is is really 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 important、um, mm. and is necessary for everybody in their recovery journey.、Um, and、mm. so, what, what do you, what's your so you are a,、um, a is it a speaker position or what's your position there? Yeah, I'm a speaker position.、Um, in the beginning, actually, I was looking for a collaborator <laughs> for our project. <laughs> um, yeah, because actually, I met another、um, another friend came to our our performance at Are You Okay Today.、Mm-hmm. Of course, that's about mental health. And then he told me you should totally meet、um, Batir because、uh, there's a lot of things I I can see there's a synergy there. That's how I get to know Batir. And、wow. then yeah, and then once I get to know more about Batir, I found that oh my god, it's actually very interesting, and I want to be involved too. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was、um, thinking about wow to be you know how how did that feel to be a speaker you know to talk to 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 empower other people by talking about my experiences as well. And apparently they've been running for years, so they have pretty good structure and good referral as well. So I wanted to learn. I'm very eager to learn from them. And how I can improve myself. So I joined their workshop and I shared my story in the workshop with other、um, participants.、Mm-hmm. And for that workshop, you you don't have to become a speaker if you don't want to.、Um, so it's、uh, totally up to you if you are interested. So 
I'm interested to be one of the speakers as well. So I I signed up um, and I, yeah. And then uh, the coordinator, uh, Steph, contacted me and yeah, and talk about whether I wanted to become a, a speaker. And that was a very exciting at the same time. I think it, it happened at a very particular time as well because it actually happened right after I came back after I um, visited my mom in the psych hospital in China. Mm. Uh, so that was a very particular time for me to reflect my mental health journey. Yeah, because um, yeah, just so much, um, so much has been going on. And just be able to, you know, even the whole, you know, crafting my mental health story as a speaker, the, like the whole process, it helped me a lot. And wow. it's quite rewarding. And as I said, there were a lot of things I didn't tell other people. Um, but during this process um, to crafting my mental health journey, and I talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's a, that's that's a, that's a just so so helpful for me, and I feel very um, liberating, very liberating. And and like Steph and the team, they are very supportive, um, mm-hmm. always there for me. And actually, something happened during our process as well, which uh, my actually in the process of refining my my draft um my grandpa passed away Mm, Um, yeah and at that time you know we are well we were close um to each other and i was in china for my mom at that time my grandma had a car accident but i had to choose to whether to go to um, gonna be with my mom in Guangzhou, another city, or go back to Sichuan, which is another city. And my mom, yeah, but my mom couldn't know that my grandma had a car accident because they are quite close as well. But so eventually, I didn't go back to uh, to Sichuan to see my grandma because. Uh, that would cause some suspicious. However, I could have gone back to Sichuan and see my grandma and my grandpa. And they didn't tell me until they had the funeral. Wow. End of chance. Yeah, and and after I yeah, I I I was already in Melbourne as well. So that was um very yeah i didn't know how to describe the feeling because it's very complicated you could have you know you could have had the chance to say goodbye mm. but you simply just missed it and i was asking how they are going everything but they were like yeah just fine and nowadays we had the technology but they didn't even have a video call with me because mm. yeah they don't want me to be worried and that's a very, that's a very um, typical in Asian countries. They don't want you to be worried. But I mean, it's my choice. Again, of course, it's my of choice. course. Yeah. yeah, that's wow. why. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And and so overall your experience with Batia has been really positive. Mm, yeah, definitely. I really like um, what they are doing and I really like their passion as well. You know, you feel their passion and you feel how they are trying to support each other and also the wider community and to empower other people. Mm. Uh, yeah. I love that. Okay, mm. well, for those listening, if you're interested in um, researching more about Batia, Batia is spelled B-A-T-Y-R. Um, and are they based in Sydney or Melbourne or both? Uh, Sydney. So the office in Melbourne is new. Um but I think it's going strong. <laughs> <laughs> and according to their website, they have reached 200,300 200, young people. They have trained 729 young people to share their story and they've delivered 1,596 programs. That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Such wow. a big impact. Yeah, wow. I think it's so meaningful and necessary. Yes, 100%. I totally agree. Um, Feifei, we're nearly out of time, but mm. I, will, I will ask you one final question. That is, I guess, to uh, anyone particularly who is moving um, from, you know, another country to Australia and and is wanting to, uh, you know, understand their mental health and, and, and get help, what would you give some advice? What, what piece of advice would you give them? I think my advice would be don't just go for something somebody told you, you know, this is so good, one, two, three, four, five, just do it. Mm. I think they really need to find something that's suitable for them. Like I... I actually went to say a psychologist, but it didn't really work out well. And then mm-hmm. I learned, you know, even to be able to see a good psychologist, it's not about seeing a good psychologist. It's about seeing a suitable psychologist who can really understand your situation and help you out. Yes. And I, I guess it's also about to be proactive as well. If you don't reach out, it's mm. just so so millions of millions times harder for people to help and you can only help yourself if you want to improve you can only help yourself out and you are willing to help yourself before you get any help yes I know, it sounds, yeah yeah because that's what i found because i like in the beginning, I didn't really want to get support or help because I think I can just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then I found out how important sometimes to just ask and, yeah. and just to show your willingness to accept some support and help. People actually, they, they are very supportive and I'm, I'm actually very impressed how generous and the kind people are i they, agree i agree yeah. it's so true and you, yeah that's right and that i i'm a big fan of you know human connection as well i think it's so important to to really get the human connection rather than possibly i just going to read this document or that <laughs> report to get something out of it i yeah. think 
by just talking to some real people, just talking to some real people about the issues, even not even non-professional. That that will help too, because it will just it will start start from there, and then it will get better. I agree. I love that. Thank you, Fei Fei. You've been such a lovely um, person to talk to. Thank you for so so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Madeline. Yeah, it was really fantastic talking to you as well. And I really hope um, that people can get something out of it. I'm、yeah. sure they will. Thank you, Fei Fei.、Mm. Yeah, thank you. And I'm back. How did you like that episode? I think it was really, really good. Fei Fei is just so bubbly and lovely to chat to.、Um, yeah, I think it's really cool to not always get that perspective of a person who's grown up in Australia, who's, you know, white and、um, has the same experiences as everybody else. I think it's really important when we're talking about mental health and mental illness to look at how. Um, we are discussing it with our international students, with our international friends and families.、Um, it's 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 really 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 important, I think, to have those varied discussions, not just with your average everyday Australian.、Um, and I just wanted to shout out Batia. Batia is a really great organisation. They're spelt. Batir is spelled B-A-T-Y-R.、Um, you can give them a Google. Look at all the work they're doing. They're doing some really fantastic stuff、um, with. Uh, high school students and, and university students, so please give them a look. Very, very cool organization.、Um, if you want to find the show, you can look us up on Facebook. Where, if you don't mind,、uh, Instagram is if you don't mind podcast. If you feel like、um, having a chat and being on the show, that would be amazing. You can drop me a, a message at if you don't mind. Podcast at gmail dot com.、Uh, if you've got iTunes, don't forget to rate and review me. That would be brilliant. And if you feel like becoming a patron, you can go to patreon dot com and type in if you don't mind and select、uh, as little as two dollars a month and become a patron, which would be really really lovely. Guys, it seems like we are about to start going back into. A bit of a more normal routine,、um, but that doesn't mean we sh- we should stop being kind and considerate the way that we have been to everybody in our society over the last few months, especially our healthcare workers. So as I say always, be kind to yourselves, be kind to one another, and don't forget to listen to someone's story when you can, because it'll make a difference. I promise ya. See ya.